Well, good morning, Hillcrest. Um, and we're so glad that you guys are here this morning to worship with us. <clears throat> um, bit of a unconventional uh, service this morning. Uh, we got a couple of things that we're going to do that are maybe different from our normal rhythms. Um, for starters, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, David, our lead pastor, is not present with us this morning. Um, and that is because Dari, uh, his wonderful kiddo, um, yeah, has had COVID this past week. And so out of an abundance of care and love for this church, he decided to stay home and love his family and, uh, and not interact with you guys <laughs> at the risk of spreading COVID. So, but um, yeah, if you're here joining us online um, or even in person and you are new here, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for making this a priority uh, in your week to fellowship and worship uh, together with us. <clears throat> Just to give you 30,000 foot view, where we've been and where we are going. Prior to Christmas and the reflection uh, series that we went through, we were in the book of James. Um, and we were going through a, our first part, which is... Um, yeah, faith works when I'm tested. And what does that look like? And asking questions to how might I journey along with the Lord better in light of this. As we continue now into uh, the rest of James, right? We did our Christmas celebration. That was awesome. And then we did a reflection uh, series where we just kind of sat and we're asking, where is the Lord taking us from this year past to year future? Um and what's the vision that we're going with? But then this Sunday, as we re-enter James, we're going to look at the particularities of what James uh, talks about um, in his word. And there's kind of three other parts that we're covering. Faith works when we love, faith works when we speak, and faith works when we persevere. And so uh, intermittently, David will be actually on video kind of giving us that overview with us, for us. But to continue to remain at that 30,000-foot view of where we are, where we're headed, um, we decided it would be really cool and really wise to actually read through the entire book of James together and to notice and pause during those shifts where James goes from testing to love and from love to speech and from speech to perseverance. And so this morning, I'm actually going to begin our time by reading James 1, 1 through 4, and then I will have other people join me and read along. Would you please get your Bible out as we begin our time and read along with us. James 1, 1 through 4, it says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you uh, lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. 
He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat, and withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. James 1, verses 16 through 25. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. In every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says." Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror, and after looking at himself, he goes and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law and that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in all that he does. study through the book of James. We just heard the readings of chapter one, James, that we looked at in the fall, part one of the book of James, and we will continue to see how James is challenging us as a patter, uh, as a pastor speaking to a scattered church, what it looks like to live out our faith, to, to see our faith demonstrated, and then see it produced in actual life-changing works. And and so as we conclude the first section, here has been James' challenge to us of what it looks like for the circumstances that might be facing us as exiles. He says this, that, that we may be searching for identity. Who am I really? That, that we might be fighting anxiety of how I should actually live out my faith in this world and battled and challenged by the anxiety or emotions that start to erupt in my heart as I interact with the world around me. 
that, that I might be feeling a sense of loneliness and isolation increasingly? Uh, am, I, am I alone? <laughs> am, I, am I loved for who I am? Uh, there's, there's this sense of, are we harnessing ambition? Well, what is my purpose? Sometimes I feel like I go through my Monday to Saturday with no real sense uh, of what my purpose in this life is. And, and James is writing to a scattered church to exiles that, that might potentially be feeling entitled. He addresses money, and we're going to see that more fully in, in the next sections. But, but what matters beyond me? Am I simply a consumer who sees every circumstance as something to be consumed? Or is there something that matters beyond me? Here's where James has taken us in his flow of thought that as we heard, he begins that there is joy in the midst of suffering. That count it all joy, my brothers, when you experience trials of various kinds, because we know faith works when I'm tested. That, that he starts with this conviction of what it means to have steadfast faith. And, and, and where is that anchored? He continues and says it's from the implanted word that we've received with meekness. Knowing it wasn't something we willed on our own. Instead, we were sinners saved by grace. And then it inevitably continues to flow where he says now, live out this word. Faith works when I'm tested. We've been praying, God, help me see the circumstances of my life through your eyes. And then he gets to this transition section of 26 and 27, where he says three ideas. That we avoid anything that compromises our joy in Jesus. That he is and he is alone the person who sits on the throne of our hearts. And so we, we chase after him, not allowing anything to compromise our pursuit of more joy in Jesus. And, and then we refuse to speak in destructive ways. You heard there's this pressing about anger that comes out fairly quickly in our lives. And then he presses us third, that we care for those in need. Here's what James says in those transitioning verses. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He begins making this section of head and heart and, and showing us how the head and heart overlap into this pure, authentic, genuine faith. And, and so we wrestled that faith without works is actually no faith. That, that without actually seeing works produced in our life, it, it reveals that we might not actually have this genuine faith that James is calling us to. But likewise, faith plus works is actually false faith. That if we think the works we do is somehow accomplishing our salvation, we are now separating it from the work of Christ. Instead, what James has called us to in chapter one, faith inevitably leads to works. And, and we see our faith work when it is tested. We are now moving into section two of the letter 
where James is going to tell us faith works when we love. James 2, verses 1 through 13. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves? and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are, are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you're, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy, to, to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James 2, 14 to 24. What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled. Yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to acknowledge, you foolish person, that faith without works is useless? Was our father Abraham not justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. 
you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Faith works when we love. In the family of God, everyone is welcome. No, no matter your background or, or what you've done, uh, there is nothing that could separate us from the love of Christ, nor height, nor depth. Nothing could prevent us from experiencing the depth of Christ, save one thing, that, that we actually, by faith, accept Jesus. And James says that faith works then, when we begin to get a sense that we have experienced this and we show mercy and we love. Uh, you know, I think of Chick-fil-A and, and an inevitable part of their culture is what? what? What is something that you hear every time you go to Chick-fil-A? It's my pleasure. Now, now we wouldn't say that, that, that we, we would not want that that somehow them saying it was their pleasure to serve us was a negative thing. Instead, we see that as beneficial, that the very sense of loving their customers, they delight in serving. That, that embedded in the very act of delivering my fresh, spicy chicken sandwich with Colby rather than pepper jack with the tomato and lettuce, when they say my pleasure, I don't say, no, 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 you can't say that instead. I'm thankful that they recognize the joy it is in serving their customers. In the same way, on our anniversary or, or, or a special day like Valentine's Day or Casey's birthday, if I go and pick up some flowers and I give them to Casey as an act of love, but if you saw my heart, and I gave you a window and I said to her, Casey, I have zero interest in giving you these. I don't feel any joy or happiness in giving you these flowers. But because it's my duty as a husband uh, and an obligation that I feel here, here are some flowers. What might she say to me? Uh, you're right. She would absolutely reject the gift. Now, you could argue she received the gift. Why is she mad? But the same thing that's true about Chick-fil-A that we appreciate when they say it's my pleasure. There's not only the act of love that matters, but actually the motivation of the heart. What actually motivates us to love. And so this next section, James, just is going to that you heard read that love is an expression of our faith. Faith works when we love. And, and James gave us a few examples in Father Abraham's life. And then as he transitions to the next section of James, here's what he says. And in the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. That faith works when we're tested and inevitably overflows. Faith works when we love. And now this next section, faith works when we speak.
This is James 3, 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth came blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. James three thirteen through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from, down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James 4, 1 through 10. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and you cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, make himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell within us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Faith works when we speak. That, that James says faith works when we're tested and we get to see the genuineness demonstrated in our lives and then it produces something. It produces works. James says faith works when we love and faith works when we speak. You just heard section three read. Faith works when we speak that our words matter. The, the farthest distance sometimes feels is from my head to my heart. That, that to get these ideas about who God is and, and, and all the incomprehensible, incomprehensible uh, sense of his nature is, is hard to, to, to fully press into my heart. But the quickest distance is from my heart to my mouth. That what I feel in my heart erupts out of my heart. That, that it overflows and I, I begin sharing freely what's in my heart. When we get to section three after Easter... Uh, we're going to see, or shortly before Easter, we're going to see that when we speak, it says something about our faith. And, and here is how James ends that section and how significantly valuable it is to evaluate our words. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against the brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? That, that as we experience more of this faith in Christ, we no longer have mirror living or window living of assessing and judging everybody else, but instead we begin living with this mirror living of assessing our lives in light of who he is. And then James shifts to the fourth section that I will begin, and then we'll hear from some of our people read the last section of James, that faith works when I'm tested, faith works when I love, faith works when I speak, and faith works when we persevere. That, that in this life, there is an ongoing nature to this journey of faith. If you remember our illustration from Francis Chan, imagine this rope is endless, though it ends, it appears right on this table. Often, we, we fail to think about eternity, but instead get caught up in the day-to-day. -day. This black part of the rope represents our life that inevitably comes to an end and, and we get stuck somewhere in here. Well, well what's gonna happen for my vocation? Well, what's gonna happen for my marriage? Well, what am I gonna do for retirement at this end of the rope? And we fail to live with a greater perspective of eternity. James, when we get to that fourth section, is gonna tell us our faith works when we persevere through this brevity of life in light of eternity. And, and, and there is a metaphor that comes that as, as we persevere, there is strength being developed. That as we grow 
Each step of the journey, there is greater strength and dependence found in our Savior and greater perspective of what's yet to come. That I move from the 25 to the 20 to the 25 pound plates and I continue to grow. Well, one of the ways we grow around here is through life groups. And so I'm so excited as we jump into this next section. Uh, we have packets available to supplement our journey through this next section of James. Section two is where we're at. And, and so if you're not in a life group yet, we need to journey and persevere with others. You can email the office to get one of those packets, or you can look on the website to jump into a life group. But as we enter into this last section from our readers, here's where James is going to press us. Does our lifestyle seem to reflect more that we care about this black part of the tape or that we care about the orange part of the rope? What, what does our lifestyle and the way we spend our time, treasure, and talents reflect about our belief? And, and do our emotions reveal that we ultimately reflect a trust in a victorious king? Section four will help us develop even more of that perseverance. Do our emotions show that we reflect great trust in a victorious king? Or do our emotions tell us something else about our view of our circumstances? And what will be our response in a fallen world full of oppressors, but as a visitor simply passing through? My hope, my prayer, we get to reflect a little bit more this week as we launch back into James and as we hear our readers finish chapter five to give us a little bit of glimpse of, of what it looks like to see faith work when we're tested, faith work when we love, faith work when we speak, and faith work when we continue to persevere till Jesus returns or he calls us home. James 4, 13 through 17. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. The beginning of chapter 5, verse 1. Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your, your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. 
You have condemned and murdered the innocent man who were not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers. You will be judged. The Lord is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience, in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, brothers, do not swear not by heaven nor by earth nor by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call on the elders of the church and pray over him and anoint him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Thank you, Jesus. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was just this man. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. James five nineteen through 20. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Church, I'm so glad that you were here, able to do this with us, to read, as we said, 30,000 foot view, where the Lord has uh, been with us, what he has taught us, and where the Lord is taking us uh, in the coming months. Um, we're going to invite you to stand, obviously, to sing and worship, but at the same time, if you would rather sit, reflect, be with the Lord, kneel, journal, that is totally your call. There's an invitation there to do that as well. Our hope is that you would just simply respond in awe, in reverence, in service to the Lord who has loved you, died for you, allowed you to live a life full and joyful, and that you would pour out your heart however the Lord is calling you to pour out your heart this morning. Well, as we said, an unconventional Sunday. No particular message, no particular 
um, journey with the Lord differently this morning, but rather here's where we've been and here's where we are going. You said, you heard David hear it already. Man, if you are not in a life group, highly recommend you guys um, join one now. We're going to be going through this James study where we're going to see these things play out more particularly in our life. We're going to ask those questions of how does this passage apply in my own spiritual walk? And then also, if, if maybe you're not comfortable, maybe you're not there yet, we do have a James study guide that you're more than welcome to. Just send an email to the office or um, sign up online. Um, if you're not ready to jump into life in the body at somebody's house, um, that would be the thing that we would encourage you to do. Um, let me go ahead and pray for us as uh, we are sent. Father, we thank you for this morning. We get to worship you, give awe and reverence, and we get to serve you. We get to see you in a different light. Thank you for James and the very fact that you inspired him to write this, uh, this message to the church as a whole. Though it was maybe written for a particular context, it is now endless um, applicable uh, things for us to take home, to ponder, and to instill into our life. Father, as we leave this place, um, we recognize that we are currently able to aim our worship more directly to you. We recognize that it's a lot easier to fix our eyes, as Colossians says, in the presence of our fellow believers. But as soon as we walk out the door, oh, how easily our heart is fickle towards our job, our families, our house, our finances, our phones. We are so eager to worship the things in our life. So, Father, I just pray that as we leave, would you help us? not stop worshiping when we leave this building, but continue to worship you. That our hearts and our minds and our eyes would be fixed on you, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And may we leave Monday through Saturday doing so with that mindset, eager to jump back into Sunday with this refreshed mind excited to worship you in corporate setting once more, to fellowship and sing praises and to hear stories about what you're doing and most importantly, um, to hear from your word and how you would have us live differently in our cultural context. We pray this confident that you hear, that you answer, that you are moving powerfully among us this morning. Amen. Church, you are sent. We will see you, Lord willing, next week.